Hello and welcome to the What Women Want Today podcast. You might be asking yourself right about now, well, what do women want? I mean, we're pretty complex creatures, right? Well, I think we want it all. And I'm here to explore it with you. My name is Terry Kellums. I'm your host. Go grab your favorite beverage. I've already got my glass of wine and let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the What Women Want Today podcast. This is your host, Terry Kellums. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. We have spent the last few episodes diving into the elements of Udamonic happiness. If you've missed the previous episodes, today is part four of a six-part series on what the experts consider the elements to long-term sustainable happiness. This week, we're talking about autonomy. Autonomy has a considerable influence on our long-term happiness. And today, I'm going to share some ideas on how to strengthen your autonomy. In its simplest sense, autonomy is about a person's ability to act on his or her own values and interests. In recent years, it's become more recognized as a crucial part of our feelings of self-worth, and it's suggested that it's promoted and respected. In fact, autonomy not only influences happiness, it is one of the key factors in human development. When you think about autonomy, these are the three types behavioral, emotional, and cognitive self-government. We all deserve self-government over our lives. We deserve to make decisions that feel right for us, to be able to set our own goals and pursue them with passion. This is true whether you're an employee at your job, a student in school, or just trying to figure out what kind of person you want to be. We all deserve autonomy in all areas of our life, including our relationships with friends, family members, your finances, and even your hobbies and interests. When we talk about financial autonomy, it includes the kind of job or career we pursue. How much time are we willing to invest? And what I mean by that is if you're someone who would rather work to live, you may want a more low-key career versus someone who pursues the career as a surgeon. He's going to have to, he or she, (laughs) is going to have to invest many years of their life in education and spend many long nights and weekends being on call or working at the hospital. It could also mean you have your day job and a side hustle. Choice about income producing activities, meaning you you could be a musician who prefers a steady nine to five Monday through Friday, but plays in the band on the weekends. It could mean you're an artist who creates to sell her work, or you could teach people how to pursue their artistic talents. Financial autonomy means making choices about where we live, about where we want to retire, and how we spend our money. (laughs) Although I believe that is strongly tied to our values, but it's a topic for another day. The question I really wanted to answer today was, how does autonomy relate to our happiness? When I thought about that question, I wanted to put some context to it. So I asked myself, when did I feel like I didn't have autonomy? Or when have I recognized that others didn't have autonomy? I heard these words, when you are made to do something that makes you want to rebel. All right, so I will admit this, and I'm sure I'm not alone. I hate being told what to do without any input. When I feel like someone has given me a task to handle without any choice or input from me, I will dig my heels in and get quite stubborn about it. 
And this could sound very rebellious or maybe even 13-year-old teenager-ish. But when you think in terms of autonomy, think about what I said earlier. The ability to act according to one's own values and interests. Let me tell you this little story that I was witness to. Years ago, when I joined the corporate side of our company and I worked in the call center, we had a team, a newly formed team that was made up of all sales reps. And this team didn't take any inbound calls. They had the autonomy to work their leads and their follow-ups. And the measurement of how effective they were at self-management showed up in the number of sales. And these measurements and their success were discussed in their one-on-one meetings with their team managers. Now, at this point of a newly created team, the team managers also had the autonomy to give the higher performers the hottest leads while coaching the less seasoned reps on overcoming sales objections, how to discuss coverages, and how to navigate the systems more efficiently to produce, produce the quotes more quickly and accurately. But as the department grew, and in an effort to switch from high-volume sales to consistent and quality sales, the reps were no longer allowed to self-manage. The leads were now fed to them through a computer system that was highly monitored. After some time, new behaviors began emerging, in which the reps figured out how to take less calls, but manipulate the system into thinking they were being productive. Now, this wasn't all of the reps. And I believe this behavior was driven by two things, loss of autonomy and burnout. To me, the most obvious example of functional autonomy is that the employees are allowed to create their own work schedules and flows. This demonstrates trust, freedom to make decisions, and individuality. And as a side note, this does not work in a call center. (laughs) Charter schools are a great example of fostering autonomy. When my youngest daughter attended charter school, I saw evidence of this myself. If a student was strong in a subject, let's say math, not only could they work at their own pace in their assignments, but they also got the opportunity to help the students who weren't as strong in math. And this not only reinforced their own learning, but gave them a huge boost of self-esteem and confidence in their skills. When we talk about autonomy and relationships, it can get complicated because there are so many levels. And I might see if I can find a marriage coach or a therapist to help us dive into that topic a little deeper at some point in the future. But on the surface level, I would say this. You should have the time in your relationships to pursue your interests. You should know your worth and be able to present your beliefs, your ideas, and your opinions in an environment that they are valued, appreciated, and accepted. You should have agency to make the decisions that impact your life and have a lot of input on the ones that impact your future goals together. Whether this is your spouse, family, or friendships, you have to make sure you're not losing your authentic self by surrendering too much of who you are to another person. I've heard this from several women, that you've given up so much of who you used to be to take on other roles and take care of other people's needs. And when those roles change, let's say empty nests, for example, well, now you have to go back and ask yourself if there's any of the old you that is worth resurrecting or has so much time passed that now you're starting from scratch. If that's your conclusion, don't be discouraged. 
it can be exciting to discover your genuine authentic self. Okay, friend, we're nearing the end of our time together today, so I want to leave you with this. Since autonomy has a considerable influence on our well-being, happiness, and vitality, we need to know how we can strengthen it. And here's some ideas for you. Number one, accept that you are your own person and that your wants, needs, and opinions matter. Seek autonomy in all areas of your life, work, relationships, your passion, and purpose. That was number two. I don't think I said that. Number three, be willing to make a change. Maybe your job, maybe your relationships. Number four, seek out opportunities. If you like your job, but it's gotten stale, can you ask to be a part of special projects or committees at work? Maybe you can mentor new employees. Or find somewhere outside of your work environment to volunteer your skill set to help another woman who's just beginning to climb the corporate ladder. And finally, number five, advance and develop your own skill set. If you're in a very serious professional role, maybe branching out and learning some new skills in another area could be an impetus for change. Okay, friend, that's all I have for you today. We have two more parts of this series in the coming weeks. Until then, please remember to take good care of you. Hey friend, I hope you enjoyed our time together today and found the information valuable. Remember, you are officially invited to join our Facebook group and private group. I will put the links in today's show notes. If you are interested in exploring coaching, you can email me at terry, T-E-R-R-I dot Kellums, K-E-L-L-U-M-S at gmail.com or private message me on Facebook or Instagram. If you're enjoying the content of the podcast, remember to share with a friend or on social media. It really does help other women find the podcast. And if you have yet to leave a rating and review, you can do that on your favorite platform. Okay, remember, you are not alone. You are worthy of love and a fulfilled life. Now it's time to go after it.